From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. There's a lot of concern in the marketplace. I don't have to tell you that. Market's down 10% today, 30% from highs. However, you got to make sure that you follow your current plan and then have a plan on the other side to take advantage of this dislocation. We have that. And we're putting that investor playbook together. We're, uh, it's five things. It is understanding the cases and getting stability in those, understanding whether or not you're in a recession or not, uh, having um, valuations that match that level of recessionary fear. Fourth is get all the sellers out or as many of them as you possibly can. And five is get the right policy support. We're getting close on all five of those. And, uh, and once that happens, we'll begin to think about aggressively buying here. It's probably a little too early today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, and in the room down at Fort Mill is Bert White. On the phone up in Boston is Jeff Bookbinder. Bert, we'll start with you sitting there. You're looking at me a little funny. How are you doing you on Monday You sound so calm morning? right now. It's, it's a little disturbing, to be well, honest. Um, I just we said it. It's kind of fun to come in this room. Nice soundproof room. We don't have to worry about any germs. We just you know Clorox everything off. Get to talk markets. And believe me, it's a little. It is a little scary what's happening with markets uh, as of Monday morning. The recording this, but this is what we do. This is what we try to do, and it's um, going to be a fun twenty three minutes. I hope. It's it's nice not to have a monitor in front of you, uh, so you yes. can see all that. We can all we have is a microphone, and it doesn't it's flash not red. red. Yeah, it's yeah. not as red exactly. Um, yeah. So Jeff, how's life up in Boston treating you? Well, uh, not as well as to be expected, given the market volatility and the unusual circumstances with, uh, you know, people being uh, quarantined. Yeah, I saw uh, a picture this morning of the commuter rail in, in, in Boston, and needless to say, it's pretty empty. Wow. So, but, you know, odd, odd times indeed, uh, but uh, we'll get through it. No, exactly. Obviously, I assume, let's see, so Bert, your daughter home? I assume. Yeah, my daughter's home. And my, my um, kids are also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we I was trying to think about just the whole calendar, right? Yep. I mean, you have you have Friday the 13th, which <laughs> which was scary. And then yesterday was, was the Ides of March. Mm. And that was that's not a good day. We had a full and moon earlier. Monday we had a full moon last week yeah. when the oil crash happened. That yeah. was a full moon. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're getting the calendar behind us is what I that, that's what I'm thinking. All right, let, let's hope. Let's hope so. Although hope's not a strategy, and that's what we're going to talk about today are some strategies and things that we're looking at here in LPL Research. So three things we're going to focus on, kind of a coronavirus update, along with the Fed did a surprise cut, emergency cut last night on Sunday evenings. So we'll kind of combine those two things. Um, we're also going to take a look at what's different, because from last week's podcast, believe me, things have changed. So what's different, but also, probably more importantly, what is the same? And then we're going to finish it up with what's LPL doing? What is our playbook? What should investors and people that listen to us be thinking right now with all of the really scary headlines, I guess we'll say, that are out there? So, Jeff, we'll start it off with you. Um, last night, again, Sunday evening, I guess, what was it, Jeff, about five. 30, the Fed did a surprise 100 basis point cut, 5 o'clock, and futures initially spiked, and now clearly we're in the red. Jeff, give us kind of high level. What do you think the Fed, um, well, first off, we know what they did, but the market's reaction, I guess, is what I think is much more important here. Take it away, Jeff. Yeah, um, clearly these are um, unprecedented times, right? And so the Fed took extraordinary measures uh, to help support, you know, not just markets, but I mean, it's really it's, it's about supporting corporate America too. So they cut 
uh, rates by 100 basis points. They'd already cut them in an emergency meeting mm-hmm. uh, just you know days ago uh, by 50 basis points. And we've never seen this, at least since they started scheduling meetings, we've, we've never seen two intra-meeting emergency rate cuts. So that is, is certainly big news and all else equal, you know, positive steps. They also announced $700 billion in, in purchases, bond purchases, treasuries, and mortgage-backed securities. This is the term quantitative easing that we've all heard since the financial crisis. You know, I'm sort of losing count on whether this is QE5 or, or, or 6. It's debatable. But there have been a number of rounds of this uh, as the Fed tries to keep rates down and support normal functioning of markets. I, I think the reaction in futures last night just points to something we talked about last week, which is that the Fed can't really fix this because the cause of the problem you know, the cause of the problem is not something in the credit markets or or something with corporate America or anything like that, right? So this is not like uh, 2008. We, we all know the cause, right? I know, Bert, you're going to talk about this in a bit. Um, yeah, don't steal the thunder, Jeff. The, the Fed can't fix that, right? But they can help buy us some time uh, by supporting markets We don't need dislocations in markets on top of this. You know, we want companies to have access to, and banks to have access to short-term loans to keep, you know, the lights on, uh, frankly. And uh, the Fed took a positive step last night to do that. You know, the um, market reaction was clearly uh, uh, negative. It might have been the same outcome anyway. Um, And some people are just saying that they're they're out of bullets, right? They've got no more... Uh, tools in the shed, right? And and that's not really true. Um, They can certainly do more bond purchases, um, and they can certainly provide more funding uh, as needed, but we're probably done with the rate cuts. They're probably not going to negative like we've seen overseas. You know, Jeff, so so just just maybe maybe a couple of questions and points here. So, you know, when I think about what the Fed did, um, I think the Fed was trying to provide two things. One is confidence, and two is liquidity. I mean, those are really the two things that, that, that they did. I mean, when interest rates are this low anyway, <laughs> cutting them another 100 basis points, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that does. You know, at the end of the day, if you weren't going to take loans out or re, you know, refinance your house or, you know, start a new business, um, when rates were near zero, you're I don't know if you're going to do them when they're at zero. Um, I'm not so sure if, it, if it's that point, but this element of confidence, clearly. Um, but the part that gets me, Jeff and Ryan, that just would love y'all's thoughts on this one is there is a spot where right now there is such a, um, a lack of, of certainty, right? There's, cer- there's so much confusion. There's so much unknown that to have the Fed do emergency cuts, meaning, you know, we're just trying to get through the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Sunday at 5 o'clock, you know, you jar everybody out of the couch. And, and I guess my question to you would be, do they, did they need the shock and awe of emergency? 
Now, and I realize they wanted a coordinated event that happened before the week uh, started. I, I kind of get that. But to some degree, I think we also need some normalcy here a bit. And and this is why I'm a little surprised in how much of the emergency cuts happened. You, you got a thought on that? Yeah, that's a great point, Bert. I mean, if you look at it, the Bank of Canada, Bank of England, Bank of Japan, ECB, the Fed, and the Swiss National Bank all announced coordinated actions over the weekend on Sunday slash Monday morning. So that's anything but normal. You mentioned normal, like as we speak, I have some painters at my house, they're painting. And I'm wondering, you know, you hear these rumors about lockdowns and working from home and just kind of the near impact of just everyone's lives that is going to be here. This is anything but normal. And then you look at the monetary side of things, it, it's sure not. And that's a, another good point. The Fed, <clears throat> when we talked about our summary of what we're going to talk about this week, was supposed to likely cut rates on Wednesday. Now they've already done that and they've actually scrapped the meeting. Um, so they had some 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 comments yesterday. You know, Jeff, I'll toss it over to you here. The one thing that got me, I guess, during the Q&A, they said, could rates go lower here in the U.S.? As we know, I believe the most recent data, $14 trillion of sovereign debt is negative around the globe. And they said no. You know, we don't see negative rates happening here. But, Jeff, I mean, wh- what do you think? Could negative rates really happen here? Because that is something we're seeing around the globe. But, honestly, it hasn't really worked yet either. Yeah, I think the Fed has been clear on this that they don't want to go there. Right. So my my expectation is they won't, and they you know Powell in the press conference last night was also asked about you know are you out of tools <laughs> right and uh, clearly the answer to that is no. Uh, I mean we could see uh, things move maybe more in the direction of Japan. I mean I'm not saying we're going to see the Fed actually buy stocks here, but mm-hmm. that's just one example what they've done you know the Bank of Japan. Uh, one example of an additional possible uh, policy tool, they could have a direct, uh, you know, loan program where, you know, hypothetically, cruise ships and airlines and, you know, hotels could go straight to the Fed to borrow. I mean, that is extreme 2008 crisis stuff, but uh, it is certainly uh, possible that we could see something and Jeff, and Jeff, uh, what like you- that. I think. You know, it's important to point out the banks were in really good shape coming into this, so we don't see a full-blown banking crisis. Uh, but it is important for uh, companies to get short-term loans uh, that really need it during this time. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. And, and, I, and I think the, the, the one other point that I'd say, and I, I've, I've probably been um, more outwardly um, critical of of the Fed over the last really through the financial crisis and 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 less and less through the financial crisis and more after the financial crisis. I thought the Fed was slow to raise rates and and, and the reality is that you know we as a country we receive two and a half times more interest than we pay, um, and, and so the reality is that negative rates hurt you two and a half times over the long run more than they help you. And there are lots of reasons why you do it over the short run, and 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 not saying they're not the not right to do this here, um, but I, me personally, um, would say this element of liquidity, um, particularly you know some of the the QE stuff that they're doing, I, I think is smart, um, and I think will have a lasting impact. I, I think I look at the confidence side that they tried to to draw, and I, I'd say you know that was weak at most. If anything, it 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 drove more uncertainty and less confidence. And so, um, 
so I give them I give them a, a mixed bag here, maybe a C minus um, on the test, but um, but puts us into a, at least a um, at least checks the box in knowing that we've got a coordinated effort across the globe, which which is a which is a big deal and one of the five things we'll eventually look for that we'll talk about later. That's right. Yeah, the playbook which is coming up. So maybe let's go to the next thing we wanted to discuss, guys. That's what's changed and what hasn't changed. Now, before I go there, I'd like to remember there's a quote that I like. Howard Marks says, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. And I think, you know, not too many people wanted what happened last week. So we got a lot of experience with it. But now we got to take that to the next level and learn, you know, what does it really mean? So I'll kind of start off maybe with what's changed. I know Bert and Jeff, you guys maybe can focus more on what hasn't changed, which could be more important. Clearly, we have the coordinated monetary policy that's taking place. We have various countries, this is just in a couple days, various countries on lockdown, rumors about the United States potentially doing something along those lines. I mean, coming to work today, it was great from the point of view that there was no one on the roads, right? I mean, it, there there's many, many people working from home. Everyone's kid, for the most part, everyone's children are home from school. I mean, things really have changed in the last week. The other thing that concerns me with what's changed, I've talked about this before, credit markets. We're starting to see stress in the credit markets, specifically in the energy group. We're seeing higher high yield spreads right now than we saw in 2016. Uh, healthcare spreads are also going higher. You talk about a company like Boeing. Their credit default swaps are starting to show levels of stress that we saw during a financial crisis. So those are some things that in the seven days when we, when we were sitting here have really changed. The fear is definitely spiked. But, you know, Bert, what hasn't changed, in your opinion, the past seven days since we did this podcast? Yeah, maybe I'll take a couple and let Jeff uh, take the second half. I, I, it, no, number one is what has not changed is you got to stay with your plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you yep. have an investment plan, that has not changed. Your investment plan hasn't changed. I, I think that that um, that you need to have a plan for the other side of this, right? And so you need to have a plan for when your plan's not working, or you need to have a plan for when your plan gives you an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what's coming. We'll talk about that in a second. I think the second thing is you talked about pockets of of behavior that may or may may not have become a bit. Um, extended Boeing as an example. Mm -hmm. um, you can make an argument one way or the other on that. Right. But the reality is at the macro level, I actually think what has not changed is the market is actually appropriately pricing in the right levels of risk. Mm -hmm. If the market was off 50% today, um, you know, financial crisis levels, you'd look at this and think too much. If the market was off 10, you would think the market's not taking this serious enough. The reality is the market is priced in, in my opinion, about what it should. Um, the average recession is a, down about 35 to 37 percent. Um, the average bear market that's not in a recession is down 20 or 25 percent. We're set today, at least the recording of this call, we're down 30. Mm -hmm. You're set right in the middle of those two things, which tells you that you either have a mild recession or the likelihood of maybe a recession, but you're not sure. Well, hell, that's probably where we are. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is, to me, what has not changed is the market, I believe, is is appropriately valuing the level of risk that is here. Uh, good points there. Jeff, what about, in your opinion, what has not changed recently? Well, one, one thing, guys, that has not changed is that this is a temporary crisis. Right? It's, it's really hard to see the other side right now. We, we get that, but... Uh, this will come to an end, and the more aggressive we are with containment, uh, 
the, the faster we'll get through it. And uh, the, you know, that means that the economy will take a bigger hit. Uh, that means that corporate profits will take a bigger hit. But uh, that means we have a better chance of getting a V-shaped recovery out of this and uh, you know, coming out uh, fairly well on, on the other side. <clears throat> I think that's, that's really the main point I would make here. Uh, and there are you know, clearly uh, some other things that haven't changed here. You know, we haven't looked at problems. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we're getting more and more cases here every day in the U.S., and unfortunately, we're probably going to have to live with that for another week or two. Hopefully, it's not much more than that, but uh, that's the uh, – that's the world we, we live in right now. But, guys, let's wrap it up with what is LPL Research doing? We manage a lot of money for advisors. A lot of people listen to us. Jeff and Bert, I mean, you guys have been working on this. We're going to release it in our weekly market commentary, anticipated to be released on Tuesday. I was joking with Bert on the way up in the elevator. No, we didn't take the elevator. Bert did not want to take the elevator. He said they're a little dirty, right? We, we, we walked, but. Oh, we're, yeah. we've cleaned the elevator a yeah. lot. I mean, we, yeah. but. It's good to, to get be, out and walk. I'm more worried yeah. about being confined with you. There you, you go. Know, I'm <laughs> less, it's less about the elevator. It's more about you. <laughs> there you go. I was joking. This is the first time I've ever seen us write a weekly market commentary on Thursday and then on Monday morning, literally scrap it. So we're doing a new weekly market commentary almost as we speak on the playbook. So, Bert, uh, you yeah. and Jeff want to start, maybe, but what should we do right now? Maybe I'll start we and, and then I'll take the first uh, mm-hmm. three, Jeff. Maybe you could take the bottom two. Um, and we'll kind of go from here. Look, in, two, in 2008 and 2009, one of the best things we did, um, because things can get very emotional, um, is we wrote down in an unemotional way, what is the playbook that investors should have? And we wrote it down before we knew it was time to actually execute that playbook. Um, and, and, and that's what we've been doing. What we've been doing is saying, what do we want to see before we begin to execute uh, a more aggressive um, uh, you know, adding to risk here in portfolios, because there is a massive opportunity that is coming on the other side of this, more so for the market than it is for the economy, um, but definitely for the market. So, oh, uh, the first thing you got to do is you got to got to make sure you understand what the problem is, and, and now that seems or, or why are things going down? And, and you would make it seem, Ryan, that that, that would be easy mm-hmm. to do. Right. Two thousand eight, it was not. It took a long time to figure out what actually was the problem. Uh, here we know what that is. Like we don't have a problem with that. The problem is what, Ryan? The coronavirus. There you and the go. Uncertainty that it's providing. That's right. And so mm-hmm. the reality is, we know what the problem is. All right, check that one off. You can now move to the second thing. What do you do? Mm-hmm. In our mind, there are three things or five things that we got to look for. I'll take the first three. Jeff will take the next two. Um, so first, you have to have visibility to where the cases begin to stabilize. Mm-hmm. You don't have to see cases begin to go down. You just got to see them stabilize. You saw that in China as. Cases began to stabilize. China began to uh, do much better relative to the rest of the world. And in fact, not too long ago, kind of hit all hit, hit highs. Right, two, two weeks highs. ago, the Chinese stock market was making two-year highs. That's right, and so, we're they're right. off that right. substantially, but outperforming the rest of the market dramatically. So the reality is, what we're waiting for is that. Now we know what some of the modeling does. Some of the Fars Law modeling and others points to really kind of late in March. We'll see how that works. There's a lot of factors that work with that, but the reality is, you have to be able to know and see uh, that cases begin to stabilize. That's number one, right? We're not there yet. Um, in fact, we're at a spot now where those are continuing to, to escalate. We're not there yet on this one. So this one, mm-hmm. point, point that is a yellow, not a green to buy yet. Um, but it's yellow, you know where you're headed. Second one is, you need to determine whether or not you're in a recession or not. 
the reality is what the downside for stocks are in a recession versus not a recession are vastly different. They're somewhere between 10 and 20 percent. Uh, and so whether or not you are or you're not, you got to figure that out. The reality is, I think our view is it's probably a coin flip on whether or not we're in a recession right now or not. Um, and we're talking actual recession, not technical recessions. Right. A lot of people talk about technical recessions, two quarters in a row of, ne of, of ne negative growth. Um, we could or could not be in that. But are we in an actual recession? Let's call it a coin flip today with increasing odds um, that that is, is growing in that direction. All that does is really tell you um, how severe the downside could be. That's the second one. So first is about the cases. Second one is about are you in a recession or not? The third one is are you priced for that recession? Um, and right now we are priced appropriately. Um, as we mm -hmm. said today, we're down about 30%. That tells you that you're pricing in essentially a relatively mild and quick recession. Well, that's probably about right, knowing what we know right now. And so that's probably a check mark. The second one's getting close to a check mark. The first one that I talked about in use cases, uh, we're getting there. We probably need another couple of weeks to actually see, or at least a week to see that this FARS law is, continue, is continuing and we're doing the things here in the United States to get testing out there um, and to get social distancing and all the other things that needs to happen with that. All right, those are three of the five. Jeff, do you want to take the other two? Sure, Bert. Uh, uh, so number four, uh, and this is really up Ryan's alley, is what we'll call um, washed out sentiment. Um, this is using some of the things in technical analysis that we use. If you want to boil it down to one question you're trying to answer is, um, has everybody who wants to sell already sold? Right? And once you've sort of you know, shaken out the sellers, uh, you can begin to stabilize, you know, and align buyers and sellers at higher prices. So that's really what we're looking at. Uh, there are a number of ways uh, to measure that. It can be surveys. It can be, you know, the index levels and how fast the indexes drop. It can be the percentage of stock at new lows. There are a whole host of things you can look at, but we're looking for, for signs of washed out sentiment. We pretty much got there on uh, Thursday and we're pretty much there today. So you can check that box. And then the fifth and final one is what we would call uh, shock and awe policy response. We got a little of that from the Fed. We've gotten a little bit of that from Congress already and we'll get more soon. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff there. We've got just a few seconds. Bert, maybe 15 seconds. Uh Give us a little roundup and I'll bring us home. Yeah. The, the, look, um, the, the reality is that there there's a lot of concern in the marketplace. I don't have to tell you that. Market's down 10% mm -hmm. today, 30% from highs. However, you got to make sure that you follow your current plan and then have a plan on the other side to take advantage of this dislocation. We have that. And we're putting that investor playbook together. We're, uh, it's five things. It is mm -hmm. understanding the cases and getting stability in those, understanding whether or not you're in a recession or not, uh, having um, valuations that match that level of recessionary fear. Fourth is get all the sellers out, or as many of them mm -hmm. as you possibly can. And five is get the right policy support. We're getting close on all five of those. And, uh, and once that happens, we'll begin to 
think about aggressively buying here. It's probably a little too early today. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you to the listeners. We hit another big time record number of downloads and listens last week. So we really appreciate you coming to us when you need to, when markets are selling off. And we'll continue to do it. See everyone next week with the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts, set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, Please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.